Before we start today's show today, I want to thank our great new sponsor, MyPillow. That's right, MyPillow. They sent me one of those, Mike Lindell and the guys did, and I've been sleeping on it for a couple of weeks now, and I've never slept better. Hey, I've got a huge and busy schedule. Not only do I do the show, but we run an advertising agency. We help other podcasters with their shows throughout the country. We're constantly talking to folks, going to concerts. So my sleep is very important to me. So thanks to MyPillow. And remember, it's got a 10-year warranty guarantee, 60-day money-back guarantee. And yeah, you see MyPillow in stores like Walmart and Walgreens, but you can only get the premium pillows by calling MyPillow directly. So get grab you one of those premium pillows. Call this number right here, one 800 Reference the code SGNP when you talk to them and say, Hey, I want that premium pillow that Darren on SGNP has. It's that simple. They'll sell it to you and it'll make life a whole lot better. So if you're having trouble sleeping, call my pillow today, 1-800-338-2330. Use the code SGMP or go to their website, MyPillow.com, and check them out. Hey, make sure you tell them SGMP sent you. Welcome to one of the most listened to music news podcasts in the world, SGNP, with your host, Darren Sutherland. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, artists, and entertainers about their faith, family, and careers. This is information you will not find anywhere else on radio, web, or in a magazine, but only firsthand on SGNP. And welcome to episode three, SGNP, Darren Sutherland and the Dr. Jeff Steele. Coming to you once again, Southern Gospel News Podcast. Jeff, how you doing, my friend? Well, I'm I'm doing good. Actually got some really good comments on uh, email and text messages and private messages on Facebook and even some, some Twitter response. Uh, about the first two, so that means people are listening, so good, bad, or ugly, at least we have an audience. That's exactly right. If you ever want to go back, the great thing about podcasts is, Jeff, you can go back and listen to previous issues and previous shows that have done, have been, already been aired. And because we're only into episode three, one and two is pretty relevant, too. You know, number one, we just introduced each other and talked to each other and interviewed each other about our background. So if you want to know who I am, which it's tough to know because if you ain't born on the industry side, you have no idea who I am. Or if you want to know a little bit more about Dr. Jeff Steele and his preaching and his music and all that kind of stuff, listen to episode one. In episode two, Jeff, we talked about a subject that's near and dear to every gospel music group's heart out there, and that's money and uh, the lack thereof and some who have made it. So that was a fun topic to talk about. Kind of like how do you get it, and uh, if you don't have it, how do you get more? And, you know, it's one of those... I thought it was relevant anyway. Money is yeah. always relevant. M- money is always relevant. If money wasn't relevant, they wouldn't take up an offering when you went to church. <laughs> that's a very good point, and that's one of the things that, uh, not to rehash uh, episode two, but I, I often tell fellow preacher friends of mine, I say, you know, you ask groups to come to your church for a love offering and show their faith, and then I always watch you when you get near the treasure at your church. You're very interested in making sure you get your check. So I, there's a little bit of inconsistency in that argument. You're exactly right. And I could go on and on with that, but we'll leave it at that. Today, Jeff, we're going to talk about something that you know a whole lot about, being a group yourself, the Steels. 
And that's how groups seem to break through the clutter. And what I mean by break through the clutter is how do groups ascend, so to speak, in the top ranks? Now, let, let me say this before we get started. In show number two, you you said something, and I totally agree with it, about groups being A-level, B-level, C-level, D, whatever. I said that wrong, you know, national, regional, whatever. But I will say this, and let me clarify this after listening, and I want to talk about this in regards to breakthrough today. There are some groups and there are some individuals that have been blessed with God-given talent that others weren't given. And that's just the way it is. LeBron James, for instance, in basketball, was given the ability at six foot nine, two hundred seventy nine pounds, to dunk a basketball backwards. The good Lord did not shine on me like that at six foot two, two hundred and fifty five pounds. He said, "Lo, I am with you always." So let's just go ahead and put it out there that sometimes talent differentiates. Differentiates. How's, how does that sound, Jeff? Breakthrough artists and others. Is that a fair way to put it, my friend? Sure. I, you know, it's it's more basic though than really what I think people are expecting you or me to one to say. I I think for groups to and we use that word breakthrough. Uh, you know, I think the first thing you have to be before you break through, since there's so many people involved in this. Southern Gospel audience, and I often tell groups, I say, look, you need to be careful who you talk bad to because every one of them have a homecoming that you're going to want to sing at someday, and this is a group that really is built from the bottom up, and I don't mean the bottom is somebody that can't sing or doesn't have any talent. I mean, the the group that's out there that you've never heard of probably has a homecoming singing at some point this year and they're going to want somebody to come that's maybe got a recognizable name or something like that. So we always need to be careful how we treat people because you never know where you're going to end up or who you're going to be singing for. And that leads me to the first thing I think you have to be if you're going to ever become what they call a breakthrough artist. There's two or three things I'll mention. The first thing I'd like to encourage everybody to know is that if you're not kind, I mean, genuinely kind, nice to people, you're not going to make it. And if you do make it, you'll be a one or two get wonder and, and you'll be gone. Right. And as my example for that, there's, I'll just, I'll say this, there's no limit to the Crab family's talents and ability, none whatsoever. But I would tell you, and I, I think I've had them all in my church. I've had Jason, I've had uh, Adam, I've had uh, Aaron. The Aaron and Amanda. I'm telling you, these are some of the genuinely kindest people that I've ever met in my life. If they couldn't sing a lick, I'd probably still think about having them just because they are so kind, but you married those two things together, kindness and genuine over-the-top talent. And then you're talking about the third thing you got to have, of course, is what seems to be an endless supply of great songs, because 
I'm going to be honest, talent is, this industry is so filled with talent yes. that uh, you're never going to make it because you sing better than everybody else, unless your name is Jason Crabb. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, when we moved to Coleman, uh, Sherry and I and the kids, we came off the road in 2006. I was doing a television show here, and the guy that was hosting the show said, uh, what's the difference between the Steels and let's, because I had Jason come into my church. He said, what's the difference between the Steels and Jason Crabb? And I told the guy, I said, do you, do you really want to know the truth? He said, well, absolutely. We, we base our whole program on the truth. I said, well, here's the truth. He worked harder than we worked, and he sings better than we sing. And it's just that simple. He He's a phenomenal example of everything that's good and right about the industry of Southern gospel music. So I wasn't surprised when the Crab family broke through because, and you know, I've talked about this before, buddy, when, when they were in the initial stages of yeah. exploding onto the scene, there, there was just nobody that could do what they did. The Hensons were another prime example of when the Hensons came through, my goodness, the, the Kingsmen were red hot, and there were two or three other quartets that were just red hot. But they could be on a program with those groups, and it's not that they were better. It's just that they were so different, and nobody could do what they could do. So, you know, I look at the crabs, and I say, number one, they're, they're so kind. I mean genuinely kind. I'm not talking about put on a right. show kind. They're just genuinely kind, and then you add to that fact they sang so well, and then they had just an unlimited source of great songs. And then so let, let's not forget, if Jeff. If you're going to break through, that's what you got to have. Let, let's not forget they're incredible musicians, too. Well, and that's kind of why I brought the Hensons up. Yeah. Uh, in, in Southern gospel music, there are so few musicians. We talked about that a little bit in the last show. Uh, everybody's singing with tracks now. Right. So you do have great musicians, but they're not live musicians. Let me let me ask uh, you this. Our... Let me ask you this right here, Jeff, and I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. We got to learn to do better on that there. But think about this right here with the Crab family. They didn't make it just singing in churches. From what I understand and what, what I remember the stories being told to me, is that Gerald would go to hotels around the state of Kentucky and rent out the ballrooms and have a gospel concert in a hotel ballroom and invite local people and local churches from around the state. And people would come to a hotel ballroom to hear the Crab family play. This wasn't your normal well, group that did that. We, we worked several of those uh, programs with them. They called it Crab Fest, I think. Yeah. And what it was, I mean, I was there. I can tell you exactly what happened. Okay. There was a big, uh, I think it was a hotel ballroom in Owensboro, Kentucky, which wasn't far from where they lived, and they would have a major promotion there. Of course, there were, if I remember right, there were like 2,000 seats, and it was like a a civic center type atmosphere. And then they, they moved to another place. It grew so much. 
they moved to another place somewhere in the state of Kentucky. And uh, these these programs they were promoting, of course, it was a crab family crowd. You knew it when you sang to them. They were tolerating the rest of us, waiting for the crab family to get out there. <laughs> it's kind of like singing with the primitive quartet. Now, I love the primitive quartet. Yeah. And I love their, their fans. But here's the truth. When you sing to the primitive's crowd, they're tolerating you. They're waiting for the primitive quartet to come. It's like that when we, when we sing with the crab family. Um, but they, they did work a lot of churches before they, quote, broke through, end quote. Everybody did. I mean, I don't care what they tell you. Every, yeah. Nobody comes on the scene and says, okay, let's just start renting the city auditoriums and we'll go sing there. No, everybody works in churches, and the only time you get to the point where you're working the bigger venues and it really has nothing to do with your singing or your talent uh, as much as it does your ability to draw people. And that's where a promoter will interject himself into the uh, scenario, and he'll he'll pay the money to get you in there. Yeah, no with doubt. The hope, yeah, with, with the hope that you can draw enough people um, to, to come that he can pay you what you ask for and then make money on top of that. But we've we've all worked the churches, and thank God for the churches. Yes, sir. Uh, none of us would have ever been here without them. Well, Jeff, let's take a break just a moment and pay some bills right here. You're listening to SGNP, Southern Gospel News Podcast, with your host, Darren Sutherland, and Dr. Jeff Steele, right here on the BG Ad Group Network. Come see what all the smoke is about at Tony Gore's Barbecue and Grill in the heart of the Smokies, Sevierville, Tennessee. Start off with T's loaded tater chips, some great sweet tea, then have some of his famous fried chicken, a pulled or sliced pork plate, or the best barbecue ribs in the Smokies. And oh, did we mention homemade mac and cheese? And dessert lovers, it's worth the trip just for a piece of cake. Voted the best barbecue in the Smokies, Tony Gore's Barbecue and Grill in Sevierville, Tennessee. And remember, gospel music fans, you never know who you'll see while at Tony Gore's Barbecue and Grill. For more information, visit them 24-7 at TonyGore.com. Welcome back to SGNP, Darren Sutherland, Jeff Steele. Man, I tell you what, every time I hear that commercial with Tony Gore's Barbecue, I never will forget, uh, Jeff, first time I walked in there. And uh, this is a funny story about Tony Gore's place up there. And Tony Gore was a breakthrough artist in his own right. And, you know, we can't, we can't deny that. the words right out of my mouth. I mean, he cut a many good songs, left the Wilburns and started Tony Gore in Majesty and did well. But I walk in there and I thought I was in the uh, Southern Gospel Retirement Home because man comes to the table, says, hi, Darren, how you doing? And I said, Earl, good to see you. Did you retire from singing? He said, I've always been retired from singing. I never could sing too well anyway. But Earl Galloway was my waiter over there. I'm just kidding. Well, Earl, Earl's always been a good friend, and I love messing with Earl. But uh, anyway, you mentioned the you mentioned the primitive quartet, and I probably listened to the primitive. If there's never been another invention that I like any better, is that Alexa machine. You know, the in the Google Home machines, the Alexa machine. Because I'll say, Alexa. Play the primitive, and all of a sudden it'll just start playing primitive song after primitive song after primitive song. And everybody in my office that doesn't like Mountain Twain music will just walk by and want to close the door. And then some of the folks that's never heard it that work in my office, they love the primitive now. But you were absolutely right, Jeff, when you sang on the primitives show or the primitives homecoming. The people are there to hear the primitive. And 
You know what? I've seen the primitive work more small, independent churches than most groups ever. And they just continue to do it year after year after year after year. What do you think made the primitive so special and a breakthrough artist on their own right? Well, okay. If you if you want to hear the primitive, you got to go hear the primitive. And the, who else are you going to listen to that, that can sing like that and play like they play? Right. I mean, who would you compare them to? I can't think of anybody. Exactly. I, mean, I mean, the only thing close is music, musician-wise, is Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver. But Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver say they're a bluegrass gospel group. They're not a southern and they gospel are. group. Yeah. yeah. They are bluegrass. Yeah. So I don't know anybody that sings and plays like Primitive does. No. no. And that's part of that's part of making your way out of the bunch. And, and maybe that's a good way to put it. We've argued about how to refer to groups. Maybe that's the best way to do it is to say, how do you make your way out of the bunch? You mentioned LeBron James. Okay, LeBron, how do you make your way out of all the NBA players? Well, he, he just he learned his game so well. There's nobody you can compare him to in the modern NBA, and, and that pretty much put him out of the bunch. But there's a bunch of great NBA players, and that's the way Southern Gospel is. You can have, I could probably name 15 quartets that if you want to have them in your church and have a good quartet, I can name 15 or 20. But if you want to have the primitive, i got to sit down and think about this thing for a while because there's just nobody else you can have that's going to sound like they sound. And they are absolutely one of my favorite groups. You know what and I ad- think that's part of it. You know what adjective? The Crab family, the Hensons, or whoever. You know what adjective that I always think of when I think of the primitive quartet? Humble. Uh, well, you mentioned why they're still working so many churches that yeah. they've been working for years. They they never have seized on the moment to try to increase. Them. Of course, expenses increase, and they've had to. Uh, find a way, like we talked about last time, to, to get their income to, to meet their expenses, but they have never gone crazy saying, we're the only bunch out here that does what we do, and you're going to have to give us so much money or we're not going to come. That's never been one of the, the primitive's hallmarks, and I think that's what's kept them moving. And I'll tell you something else about the, the primitive, too. Yeah. They, they only have a certain amount of dates a year they'll work. Yeah. And what's like us, it's like the Collinsworth family, they're the same way. You've got to find a way, and now we're back to finances again, you've got to find a way to keep your expenses where you don't have to work every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and twice on Sunday, and anything else you can get. I mean, if you don't find that, you're going to always kind of be in the bunch because there's just if you got to raise that much money to keep your group on the road, and I'm not being critical here. I'm just saying you're going to always be working any and every day you can find. And you know, if you're there, there are only so many improvements you can make. Yeah, and only so many places you can go back to. Jeff, if you let, let, let's talk about breakthrough and being different. We're talking about the primitive, how they're different. Is Reagan Riddle one of the most underrated MCs in all of gospel music in the way he does it? Because well, he doesn't even appear to be an MC, but yet he knows what song to pick at the right time and what the crowd wants to hear. Have you ever noticed that? If you think about the primitive, 
I think most anybody could MC that group because they never stop singing. I mean, that, <laughs> every every time I'm with them, they just sing and sing and sing. But I will say this: Mike Riddle yeah. is, in my opinion, one of the top five guitar players in the world. Yes, sir. And I'll I'll tell you a brief story about uh, Mike. We were working with the Primitive one night, and again, we had to sing to their people. And I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. But uh, Mike sitting backstage, he and I are exactly the same age. And I looked at him and I said, you know, Mike, the only thing that keeps you from being one of the top five guitar players in the world, in my opinion, is that uh, I, I've never heard you play Stairway to Heaven, the old Led Zeppelin rock and roll classic. And I want you to know that I sat down, picked up his acoustic guitar, and started playing Stairway to Heaven. I said, okay, you're in the top five. You're that's, in the top five. That's hilarious. Let's move right along. and let, let, we're, we're talking about breakthrough groups, and the, the greatest breakthrough story I ever heard firsthand was by a lovely lady up there that, that resided in northeastern Tennessee, southwestern Virginia, and her husband has just passed away, Hubert and Janine Cook, the sing, Jeanette Cook, the singing cooks. And when she tells the story, Jeff, about Hubert had been in the coal mines for 16 years and wanted to sing and played bluegrass with the Rambling Mountain Boys, and they decided to sing gospel music, and she went to the Kmart, I believe it was, because there wasn't a Walmart back then, probably a Sears store, either one, and she bought her a cassette deck, and they ran the microphone cables through the family Bible on the um, coffee table and plugged them into the cassette deck. Now, this is an old cassette recorder, folks, where you push play and record at the same time to record. And they cut their first gospel cassette with both of them playing a guitar and singing. Never had a number one song. Had some great songs, but never a number one. He'll roll me over the tide and so many more. But when you talk about doing things their own way and breaking through, you had to mention the Cooks. Wouldn't you agree? Well, not only that, the Cooks go right back to our original point that I was making. You must possess a a pretty big element of kindness. I did a Facebook status on the Cooks here a couple, three weeks ago, and I just mentioned the fact that I never did understand the Cooks. I love their singing, but I just didn't understand the connection they have with people. And then I remembered one night on a cruise Sherry and I were doing with the Cooks and some other groups. One night, and I believe it was a Thursday night if I remember right, we had the opportunity to sit down just the two couples, myself and my wife and, and Hubert and Jeanette. And we started talking about the love story that was theirs to each other, their love for those boys and their, their love for God. I mean, we sat there. I, I would imagine that supper stretched out over about five hours as we, we just listened and swapped stories back and forth. And when I stood up from that table, I would forever uh, understand why the cooks made that connection with people who did what some of them had been able to do that I had never till that point been able to do. And that's just sit down and and talk with them and visit for a while. And then, and I, I, I doubt you know this, this just happened very recently in Huntington. 
West Virginia, there was a very, very contemporary church. The big praise band, the guitars and the drums and all that kind of stuff. And their pastor, one of these young guys, he came out and he announced to the congregation Hubert's death. Well, of course, those people really weren't familiar with the Cook's music or Hubert or anything like that. But this guy gave several statistics and facts about the Cooks and about Hubert. And you can look those up anywhere on Google or, or any of the other uh, engines out there. Yeah. And he just was kind of quoting some things about Hubert's life and ministry. And then he looked up and he said, folks, we as younger people, we tend to think that our way is all there is. And we've arrived at this place with this praise and worship music and all that. He said, we seem to, to think that we're all there is and nothing else matters. And then the guy looked right into their camera at that church and he said, but folks, I'm going to tell you, your heritage is important to who you are. Yep. And man, I, I, I stood up where I was sitting watching this thing and I said, okay, youngster, you have just schooled me right there because <laughs> I'd rather criticize what you're doing than hear what you're saying. And what you're saying is what I believe. And that is that our heritage is important. Hubert and Jeanette Cook celebrated their heritage. And to, to put it in a probably a, a word form that shouldn't be said on this show, Hubert and Jeanette Cook were going to make you like it or uh, leave thinking you liked it anyway. Well, they she, were going to bring it from where they were, and they were going to make you listen to what they were and who they were, and they had a tremendous ability to do that. And and you know what, Jeff? They were setting the standard for brand in the world. You know, everything's got a brand now. They were setting the standard for brand before the word brand was even a word in gospel music or any other entity. And what I mean by that is if you went to see the Cooks and you were a Cooks fan, you knew three things about them. You knew, number one, Hubert was going to have a colorful jacket on, regardless. Am I correct? Every time. You knew, number two, Mama was going to have a cassage on with more than likely a hat somewhere along the way. Am I correct? Well, the cassage was bigger than her head. <laughs> <laughs> and number three, you knew the singing cooks was going to sing a song not only about Jesus, but the next closest thing to Jesus here on earth. And what was that, Jeff? Your well, mama. had so many like that. Your mama. Oh, would you mama. please? There was, there was going to be a mama oh. song somewhere in there. I want us to be. I want us to be together in heaven. I hope we walk the last mile together. They did a lot of love songs, and they did a lot of mama songs. Would you please send your best angel for my mama? I, I could sing it right now, but that's that's what. Hey, let's move well, along. Don't. What's that? We don't. don't, don't, don't. Hey, we got to take a break real quick right here on SGNP. We'll be back to talk about another group, and maybe it'll be your favorite. If we don't get it in this show, we'll get it in weeks to come. You're listening to SGNP, Southern Gospel News Podcast with Darren Sutherland and Jeff Steele right here on the BG Ad Group Network. SGNP is brought to you by Kia. Join SGNP this summer for the Kia Summer Nights Concert Series, a free concert at select local Kia dealers. The first concert is June 14th with the McCamies at Julio Jones Kia in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It's the Kia 
Julia's Summer Nights Concert Series, starting June 14th with the McCameys and Julio Jones Kia in Tuscaloosa. Part of Kia, America's Best Value Summer Event. America loves Kia and gospel music. It's the Kia Summer Nights Concert Series, absolutely free. Brought to you by SGNP and Julio Jones Kia in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, June 14th. And welcome back to SGNP, Darren Sutherland and the good doctor, Jeff Steele. Jeff, you ever get somebody when they say Dr. Jeff Steele think you're like a dentist or a chiropractor or anything like that? Mostly they just think I'm older than I am. There you go. There you go. Hey, buddy, we've been talking about breakthrough artists today, and we've we've talked in depth a little bit about it. Well, you can't really talk in depth in a short program like this, but we've talked about the Crab family, the primitive, the cooks. And, you know, one thing that most breakthrough artists have in common, it seems like in the gospel music world, is their family. And and there there's a lot of great families out there. You told me recently you think you've got the best group you've ever had since your son's joined you. And that's because you've got a relationship with your wife and son that's extra special. There's other family groups out there like the Tallies. Back when, I mean, as far back as I can remember, the tallies have always had incredible harmonies. Little group out of Arkansas that nobody ever heard of broke through called the Martins. And when they came on, people finally learned what harmony really was at a major league level. I mean, a lot of people had it, but when they heard the Martins the first time, people wanted to hear the Martins do a cappella rather than have music. And you know that, and I know that, and then the Martins made it. But a group that's kind of made their way into what I term the new Southern gospel world today is uh, Phil and Kim Collinsworth, the Collinsworth family. And is there a more talented female piano player in America than Kim Collinsworth, Jeff? Or one as good as her that you know of? No, and and they're a great family. And the thing about them is they made a decision going in that they were only going to work like 75 or 80 dates a year. Yeah. And they hooked up with a very good uh, booking agent who understood what they were trying to do. And he just held the, he held promoters to the fire. He said, guys, this group's going to draw for you, but you have to, you have to, to, to pay them the, the kind of money that they need to work a 75 or 80 date uh, schedule a year and promoters have been good to do that and yes my goodness that she kim's just captivating on the piano let me ask you this right here we're talking about breakthrough what uh, here here's a couple of things that i think helped the collinsworth breakthrough and you tell me if i'm wrong again i keep saying you tell me if i'm wrong heck you're gonna tell me if i'm right or wrong it don't matter i need to quit saying that <laughs> but the collinsworth number one they were attractive people okay they're beautiful children, beautiful daughters, beautiful family, number one. Number two, it goes back to what you were saying, they sang great songs, and people like their songs, okay? But number three, I think this helped them a whole lot, is being on board with Dr. Stanley at In Touch. That has helped them in a great way getting involved in a major ministry and opened some doors for them. Now, Jeff, you sang some big places, okay, with the Steels. Does getting involved with a ministry help promote your group in a big way? I mean, if you go back as far as we can remember, the Spear family used to sing at every Nazarene church on, on, the, on the map. 
I mean, it was just pencil it in. The spears were going to this Nazarene church, this Nazarene church. Does that help a group break through when they get in with a denomination? I mean, you know, we, we could talk about the Magruders. The Magruders never had to break through because they already had the denominational backing before they ever started. You tell me, what's your thought on that? Well, back in the day, and I'm talking about our day, of course, even though we're still out there, I'm old enough to say back in the day, we worked a lot with Dr. James Dobson and uh, the uh, focus on family ministry. And, of course, uh, the Collingsworths, they're working with Dr. Stanley. Jerome Wolf works with Dr. Stanley. And there's no question it helps you because there's there's a fountainhead there for you to come from. And like tributaries to a river, uh, if you're ever going to get to the river and really take hold, you better catch on to a good tributary. Because, uh, you know, nobody just shows up in this business and uh, declares themselves to, to be on top. No, you got to work to get there. You've got to work to get out of the bunch. And, again, I think if we're going to talk about anything, every group we've talked about, and we could talk about more because there was a day when the bishops broke yeah. through. They, they broke through, actually, at the National Quartet Convention. They sang, uh, I don't even remember the name of the song now. I wish I did. Uh Oh, goodness, uh, is one of my favorites, too. Uh, Kenny used to sing it, and he sung it right after my dad died. It's always been my favorite song since then, but doing this podcast, I can't remember it. You won't you'll remember what, it five minutes after it's over, though. Correct. Now, he, here's the, the big thing. you got to be kind. you got to have great songs. And you got to make some smart, I hate to call them business decisions, but, you know, for lack of a better term, you, you got to be smart smart enough to stay away from the folks that will hurt you in the long run and latch on to the folks that will help you in the long run. And don't make me name who the wrong ones would be. That's just something you have to know in your gut. Okay. Usually it would be a small group, a small denomination that maybe is known for being one extreme or the other. Let me, uh, let me ask you this. People are all in the middle. Does it help a group? Okay. Does it help a group? And here's a breakthrough question that a lot of people ask or wonder. Does it help a group when the group is attractive and the group naturally takes care of themselves physically and they're appealing to a crowd? I hope not, uh, because at age 58, I'm really not taking as good a care of myself as I should. Uh, and it, I don't know whose fault to blame my ugly face on. But, but Jeff, uh, let me let me say this. Let me say this. Doesn't it encourage you at 58 to see that young group of good-looking youth, 21 to 18, 16? I mean, doesn't it encourage you when you see those good-looking kids come up and sing gospel music? Isn't that an encouragement? I mean, let, let's just face it. encourage me a bit. I can't stand them. You can't stand them. You're right. I mean, when children of the when, when Nikki Shaw gets up there and sings with her two kids, children of the promise. You know, Nikki, you're a great singer. We love you, but everybody's wants to hear your kids. I mean, that that's. I mean, we love her singing, but her kids are what's helping her. I mean, that's just my thought. Maybe I'm totally wrong, and people are gonna call me out for that. But I believe young. I'd f- go. What's that? I'd go next. If if my son was not here, I'd go home tomorrow. Not because I don't think my wife and I can sing, but he's a, he's a, ph- a 
phenom and uh, really all these kids, uh, Ethan and Austin, Wisnett, uh, yeah. they, they don't sing all the time, but they're there and they sing every night, even though they don't sing every song. They they add that excitement. and uh, Amber and Autumn Nealon, same way. Even uh, Lauren Talley, she's, she's a, a little older now, but uh, still people look to her youth and uh, you know, there's just something about that. And uh, all I can say is, guys, it doesn't last forever. Get all you can out of it while you're still But, but young. at the same time, take care of yourself. Look professional, look good, and all that kind of stuff. You know, cause, I think everybody ought to do that. Yeah, and you got to be a breakthrough artist. You got to. You got to. So anyway, well, Jeff, it's been a pretty good show, man. You know who we could else talk about being a breakthrough artist? And we'll just leave it at that and come back and talk about quartets at a later date. You know what else will help you break through? If you've got to play the group that's got the best gig in all of gospel music, you know who that is? You tell me. Arthur Rice and the Kingdom Heirs. They don't even have to leave home. They go to work, what? sing five days a week, 10 o'clock show, 2 o'clock show, 4 o'clock show. We go to the house. Well, let me tell you, I've worked that gig at Dollywood. We had three shows back to back to back. And I was more tired than I'd ever been. They do have a good gig, but let's don't write it off as being an easy gig because it, oh, it's really hard. It's it's work. It's work, and the you know we appreciate those folks for doing that. They sing probably to more people that have never heard gospel music than any other group in the world. And I'll tell you a quick story before we get out of here. Okay, we were at Dollywood watching the Kingdom Airs one time. And they had the song out at that time called uh, I've Been, uh, well, I can't remember the name of this one now, I've Been Rescued. Yep. And in, in that particular congregation that day, I watched a guy sitting about four rows in front of us, had tattoos all up and down his arms and a bandana on his head and a couple of earrings, looked everything like somebody that would not be in the Kingdom Air show. And I'm telling you, about halfway through that show, they did I've Been Rescued. That guy came out of his seat, raised both hands toward heaven. And, I mean, he had himself church, if none of the rest of us did. And I've always thought about that because Arthur is so, he's such a spiritual guy. Yeah. Arthur has to, and he and the rest of the guys have to recognize, they're not another ride at the theme park. They are carrying the good news of the gospel right into the belly of the beast. And uh, they do such a great job with that. I've, I've never seen anybody, in my opinion, that does a better job of communicating the gospel in a in a theme park type atmosphere than the Kingdom Airs. They are just phenomenal. Great professionals. They do it right. And go see them when you're in Dollywood, when you're in that Pigeon Forge area. And I'm proud that Dollywood keeps promoting gospel music. Jeff, it's been a real quick show today. It always seems like it's real quick. But episode three is over. What can we tell the folks about us? Keep listening. We can tell them it's over. It's over. Four is next. It's over. Hey, we appreciate you listening today to SGNP, Southern Gospel News Podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family about it. If you want to hear more about SGNP, you want to visit us on our Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page now, Southern Gospel News Podcast. Jeff, we signed up on it and within three days had 250 likes organically. So we're going to draw a name out of that and send somebody a prize pack. You say, what kind of prize are you going to send them? I don't know. Maybe we'll get a group to send them a $100 gift card. Who knows? But I'm just kidding, Jeff. Um, We'll we'll have some. We will not send them a Kia. 
Well, send them at Kia we were just talking about. That's right. And, hey, re- remember this, folks. Remember who the sponsors are of this show, okay? Tacoa Falls College, Tony Gore, and uh, Barbecue and Grill, and Kia. Remember that. Listen to our next show. We're going to talk about Southern Gospel Radio, something Jeff and I know a whole, whole lot about, and what we can do to help it and what we can do to kind of say, hey, guys, we need to move along. It's going to be fun, isn't it, Jeff? Can't wait. Can't wait. You're listening to SGNP. We'll talk to you soon. SGNP is excited you chose to listen today. If you'd kindly leave a remark and rating in the podcast remarks section, we surely would appreciate it. Please share with a friend or family member. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and our new website, southerngospelnewspodcast.com. And remember the Kia Summer Nights Concert Series, all 100% free, coming to a town near you. For more information on the concert series or to advertise your products, services, concert event, or new project on SGNP and reach a 100% guaranteed number of people in your area, call Tim Newton at 770-874-3200 or email him today, tnewton at bgadgroup.com. Let us geotarget our ads for you, something radio nor magazine can do.